We're beginning here at the bottom of Samatumon Bed, four lines from the bottom by the two dots. Gemara here is continuing to discuss the drashot of the Tanaim within Karen Biyavna with regards to Vodaksanya, Potrim Bikvodaksanya, which is the benefits that one derives from hosting and taking care of Talmidei Chachamim. And since there was a large gathering of people there, the Tanaim were encouraging those that were present to both host and to support financially the Talmidei Chachamim. And therefore we have numerous drashot with regards to the benefits that one will receive if they do such a thing. And now we begin with the drasha, Batach Rabbi Lezer Beno Shurabi Yossi Aglili, Bechvod Aksanyo. He again had a drasha that related to the benefits that a host will derive. The rash, Vayivarech Hashem et Oved Edom, and now it's dot dot dot, Bavur Aron Elokim, it's in two separate psukim, but the story relates to when David HaMelech is bringing the Aron Elokim up to Yer David up to Yerushalayim. On his first attempt to do that, something goes wrong. The Aron shifts out of the wagon. Who's that? Goes to grab the Aron and is struck down on the spot. Because of that, all the festivities are canceled and they leave the Aron where that happened. The Aron is then taken into the house of Oved Edom. And later on we hear that Vayivarech Hashem et Oved Edom. That Oved Edom, who now housed the Aron in his residence, got a huge blessing from Hashem, a bracha from Hashem, because he did this because of the Aron Elukim. David gets wind of this fact, and then he brings up the Aron from the house of Oved Edom, with less pomp and circumstance, to be housed in an ohel in Ir David in Yerushalayim. So, the drasha of Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yosef is of Lod Dvarim Kabachomer. Umaron, when Oved Edom housed the Aron in his residence, doesn't eat, doesn't drink. All he had to do was sweep up a little bit in front of it, sprinkle water to keep the dust down. So then certainly, someone who hosts the Tamil Chokham in his house, and he feeds them, when he gives them to drink, and he allows them to benefit from his possessions, or he helps to support him financially, certainly so, that person will receive the rewards, if Oved Edom got those rewards, just for housing the Aron Elokim, that certainly someone who hosts and houses a Tamil Chacham, will enjoy many more benefits. And the Gemara asks, what bracha did Oved Edom get for housing the Aron in his residence. Some reviewed the Barzvida. Zuchamot v'chet galuta shodu shisha shisha b'keresechad. The reward that he got was that his wife, along with her eight daughters-in-law, gave birth to six tuplets each. And the is now going to prove this from the Psukim in Divrei Yamim, which discussed the family of Oved Edom. It says over there, Shinamar in the Psukim in Divrei Yamim, it says, Pi'ultai Hashmini. The eighth son of Oved Edom was named Pultai. And then Uktiv, and then further on the Pasuk it says, Kiberucho Elukim, that Hashem had blessed him. Then Kol Ele Mibnei Ovededom, all of these that were listed above. There's a whole list of names and lineage, descendants, and they say these are all the descendants of Ovededom. Hema Ubnehem Veachahem, their children, their brothers. Ish Chayo Bakoach, he was a man of means, of wealth and strength, Labuda, to do work. Shishimu Shnaim Ovededom, 62 descendants to Ovededom. The Gemara does a simple calculation and basically says he has eight children. And in having eight children, plus his wife, if they each gave birth to six tuplets, that makes nine times six. Nine times six is 54. In addition to the eight sons that he already had, if I take the 54 plus the eight sons he already had, he gets to 62. So that's how the Gemara determines that the bracha that he received was that each one of them, his wife and his eight daughters-in-law, 
from his eight sons, produced six tuplets each. In doing so, they had 54, plus the original eight sons, he got to 62. And that's the bracha that Uved the Dom received. Amar Rabbi Avin Alevi. Now we're going to have another memorote from Rabbi Avin Alevi, called Dochet Hashah. Anyone who pushes time, tries to force a situation, whether it's in manners of business, or whether it's in matters of positions of authority or kavod, then Hashah Dochato. The time pushes him away. Whereas, anyone who doesn't rush time with regards to these issues, the time moves in his favor. Now the Gemara brings an example to the statement of Avin Alevi. Yosef Sinai. Yosef was known for his great, vast knowledge. He knew all the Breitot, Mishnayot, everything, Baalpeh. He had a tremendous memory. And he had tremendous control over the Torah Shabalpeh. Rabbah Bar Nachmani was an Oker Harim. He was a tremendous Mephalpel. He was able to bring a Mishnah from here and a Mishnah from here and ask questions about them and then resolve those issues. But he didn't have as broad a knowledge as Rav Yosef. So each one of them had a certain character trait. It's Shaita. The time needed them, which meant that in Pupadita, Rav Yehuda was the Rosh Hashiva had passed away. And now they needed to appoint a new Rosh Hashiva. So the question was, should Rav Yosef be the Rosh Hashiva or should Rabbah be the Rosh Hashiva? Shachula Atam. They sent to Eretz Yisrael asking them, Sinai, Vokarim, Ezemahen, Kodem. When it comes to Sinai, referring to Rav Yosef, the quality that Rav Yosef had, Okarim, which is the quality that Rabbi Barnachmani had, Ezemahen, Kodem. If you had a choice between those, which would you pick? Implying which one of them would be the Rosh Hashiva. Shachluluhu. From Eretz Yisrael, they sent back to them, Sinai, Kodem. At Sinai gets precedence, Shachotzuchim, Lemari, Chitaya, because everybody needs the owner of the wheat or the wheat seller. In their day, we were talking about Torah Shabalpeh. Torah B'Shal Baal means that anybody who had that body of knowledge in them was extremely important in the Misorah. Because, like a Rabbi Narachmeni, who was an Oker Harim, that is tremendous. But other people might be able to do what he did, or other people might eventually get to what he did. But if you're missing pieces of the Misorah, there's no way that you could do any of the Pilpul, because you're missing important factors, important brightot, important Mishnayot, that one needs to know. And therefore, the most important is to have the information to have all of the Torah Shabbat Peh at one's fingertips. And therefore, Rabbi Yosef should take precedence over Rabbi Bar Nachmani, and he should be appointed the Rosh Hashiva. Afo Pikain, lo Rabbi Yosef. Despite the fact that the word came back that Rabbi Yosef should be appointed as the Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Yosef declines being the Rosh Hashiva in favor of giving the position to his friend Rabbi Bar Nachmani. Damri Kaldai, because he had a word from a astrologer, a Kaldin, Malach, Tartin Shinim that you're going to rule for two years. In the end, what happens is, Malach, Rabbah, Esrin, Vitartin, Shnin, Rabbah ruled for 22 years, and after him, Malach, Rabbi Yosef, Tartin, Shnin, Upalga, for two and a half years. Kohanach, Shanei, the Malach, Rabbah, all the years that Rabbah was Rosh Hashiva, Avilu, Umno, the Beite, Lo, Kora, Rabbi Yosef never called for a blood letter to come to his house. And so a number of pieces of the puzzle here that we need to speak about. The first is this last line here, that Rabbi Yosef never called a blood letter to his house. Rashi interprets here that was a part of his humility, his humbleness, that even though he was entitled to be the Rosh Hashiva, and in such a position as Rosh Hashiva, you were granted house visits from the doctor, which was the blood letter in that time, you did not have to go to the blood letter. The Rashi says that Rabbi Yosef did not take advantage of that stature and have the blood letter come to his house. He was like everyone else, and he went to the blood letter because Rabbah was a Rosh Hashiva, and therefore he didn't take any kavod 
as if he was the Rosh Hashiva. That's the way Rashi learned it. It was an issue of humility and humbleness. On the other hand, Rav Haigon, the Ramah, and other Rishonim, especially in the other Sugya in Huriot, mentioned that the reason that he didn't have to have a blood letter come to his house is not because he didn't want to take the Kavod, not because of his humility, but that was a reward. That was a schar for the fact that he did not accept the position of Rosh Hashiva, and therefore he never fell ill. He never was sick and never had to call upon a blood letter to come to his house. Or the other possibility is that Rabbah actually provided it for him. Even though Rav Yosef was not going to take that cover for himself, nevertheless Rabbah sent him a blood letter to his house because he knew that Rav Yosef should have been the Rosh Hashiva and he granted him that kavod. So the three different reasons given over here for as to why the blood letter didn't come to the house. One is Rav Yosef's refusal to have him come to the house which is like Rashi says over here, because his humility is humbleness. The other possibility is that he was so healthy because of his humility, his humbleness, that he didn't take the position of Rosh Hashiva, that he never needed a blood letter during that period of time. Or the last is that Rabba Bar Nachmani provided that kavod for Rabbi Yosef because he should have been the Rosh Hashiva, and therefore he sent the blood letter to his house, and therefore Rabbi Yosef never had to call upon a blood letter. That's number one. Number two, which is somewhat difficult on the sugya is that it seems from the story here that Rav Yosef relied on an astrologer for making the decision not to accept the position of Rosh Hashiva. Now for some of the Rishonim, like the Eben Ezra and the Rambam, the rationalists, that's a very difficult line in the Gemara, because they believe that one may not listen at all to an astrologer, there is no powers, all of this stuff is false, and one may not pay heed to it, it's a violation of Nisimina Torah to... Listen to these individuals. For them, it's very difficult to understand what's happening in the Gemara. On the other hand, many of the other Rishonim, like the Rashba, the Ramban, and others believe that one can listen, or there is efficacy to what is said by astrologers and by all these other Kochota Tumah. It's just that that's not the proper way to go. You should go to the Navi, and you should get the information in the perspective of the Navi, because Hashem is then granting understanding to what the information is. On the other hand, if you get the information from one of these alternative methods or channels, you might get information, but the information is not given in context. So you don't know how to interpret the information. You don't know what to do with the information. And that might have been the case here as well. That Rabbi Yosef had no idea what the astrologer meant, that he wasn't going, he was only going to rule for two years. He might have thought, and that would explain why people believe that Rabbi Yosef was humble over here. If he knew that he wasn't going to rule for two years, and all he had to do was wait around, then what was the big deal in his decision? But rather, the statement that he would only rule for two years means, or he might have understood it, and that's the way most people would have understood it, is that when he was granted the opportunity to rule, that was his window of opportunity. Those two years were his window of opportunity. If he denied that window of opportunity, then he would never get a chance to rule. And that might have been what Rabbi Yosef was thinking when he turned down the position of Rosh Hashiva. says that, I know that this is my chance to be Rosh Hashiva, but I'd rather not. I'm going to be humble and give that position to my... Pierre Rabba Barnachmani, and I will not accept the position, never thinking that he would ever become Rosh Hashiva again. And that's why the Gemara brings as an example, Kol, Sheinu Dochei He didn't press his luck, he didn't push to be the Rosh Hashiva now. In the end, the Shad in the end, the time waits for him, and he became Rosh Hashiva in the end. The big chap in this is that what was going to happen is that after Rabbi Yosef was Rosh Hashiva for two years, he was going to pass away. Had he taken the position up front, he would have had two years as Rosh Hashiva, two and a half years as Rosh Hashiva, and passed away. Because of his humility, his humbleness, that he allowed Rabbi Ben-Achmini to rule as Rosh Hashiva for 22 years, he actually extended his life, or allowed himself to live out a full life 22 years longer, until he became the Rosh Hashiva. Because after he took over the position, in two and a half years he passed away. 
But in the interim, he had given up being the Rosh Hashiva for 22 years. Those 22 years extended his life because he didn't die by accepting the position up front. And that's what the Gemara means here. Someone doesn't push time to be or take that position of kavod up front. Here he lived an additional 22 years and got to be the Rosh Hashiva anyway in the end. And that's what the moral of the story is. So we have another member from Rabbi The Shem should respond to you in a day of trouble, difficulty. The name of the God of Yaakov should raise you up high, above the danger, above the difficulty. So when says, why are you using Elokei Yaakov? Why is he only the God of Yaakov and not the God of Abraham Yitzchak? Mikan, from here you learn the Bala Korah, one who owns a beam, Shikanes Ba'ovya Shol Korah. If he needs to move a beam to the building site, then the person who owns the beam shouldn't just stand by. The person should get right in the middle there. He should be sent front and center and carrying the beam. That he shouldn't be on the sidelines, but rather in the middle. And as Rashi explains, that is because in Yaakov Yaakov who has all the shvatim vitarach begidulam, and he had tremendous star gidul banim and bringing up all of these children, and he was successful at having a mitash shlema, meaning that all of his children stayed within the fold. Therefore, he should give vacation to Rachamim. He's the one who should ask for the Rachamim. You beseech the Elokei Yaakov because Yaakov is the figure that was central to the establishment of Kalal Yisrael, Bnei Yisrael, and that's why we're called after his name, Bnei Yisrael, because he was the one who was Torah to make sure that all 12 Shvatim were there and they all stayed within the fold. And therefore, we go to Yaakov, or beseech the Elokei Yaakov, in order to help us in times of difficulty because... He is like the quote-unquote owner of the, the Korah. So since he's the owner of the Korah, he's front and center. And so we go to Elokei Yaakov in order to ask for help in times of difficulty. Another member from Avin Alevi. Anyone who benefits from a Suda in which a Talmud Chacham participates. It's the equivalent of enjoying the presence of the Shekhinah. Shnamar. It says when Yitro comes to visit Moshe in the Midbar, it says, Aron and all the Zikinim came to break bread, to eat together, to share in a suda with Moshe's father-in-law with Yitro. Before God. What did they eat before God? They weren't eating before God, they were eating in a meal together with Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe was the host. He was the one who was providing the festive meal. Anyone gets benefit from a meal in which a Tamil here, Moshe is the host, or he is a main figure, a main part of this Suda. It's the equivalent of enjoying the benefit of being in the presence of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. And therefore, it was called Lifnei Elokim. Even though it's only Lifnei Moshe, it's the equivalent of being Lifnei Elokim. Now we have another member from Amar Rabbi Avin Alevi, Niftar Mechabero, someone who separates the parts from his friend. Do not give the salutation, go in peace. You should say, go to peace. Sharei Yitro, Shamar Lolo Moshe. Moshe, when he leaves the house of Yitro, Yitro tells him on his way out, you should go to peace. Of course, Moshe Rabbeinu became the greatest Navi in Israel, and we know of all the tremendous things that happened with Moshe Rabbeinu, and that was because Yitro, when he was departing from him, gave him the bracha of Leich Shalom. On the other hand, David, Shalom, David, when he says to Avshalom, after he brings him back 
and then speaks to him and says that he can remain within Yerushalayim. He says, Lech Bishalom, go in peace. And what happens to Abshalom? We know that he leads a rebellion against David and eventually ends up getting hung. Halach Venitle, he ended up going and being hung. So proper to use the term Lech Lishalom and not Lech Bishalom. We'll come back and explain this in one minute. From Rabbi Avin Alevi, we have another member from Avin Alevi. Haniftar min mate, someone who is accompanying the mate and then is going to depart from the mate, meaning that they are going to turn back while the mate continues on. Ayumar lo leich lishalom. Don't say leich lishalom like you suggested in the previous memra. Ela leich bishalom. You should go in peace. Shenamar, because by Avram Avinu it says by Brit ben Abtarim that Hashem says to Avram, atatavolavotecha bishalom. That you will come to your forefathers. This is talking about when Avram passes away, that he will be buried and he will come. Tavolavotecha bishalom. You will come in peace. So when you're talking about the niftar, someone who's passed away, you should use the term bishalom. So what is the difference between the salutation, lech bishalom, to go to peace, versus lech bishalom, which is to go in peace. The marshal here explains, in the name of others, that there are difference between lech bishalom and lech lishalom has to do with the word shalom. Shalom refers to shlemut, the completion, the attainment of the spiritual goals of the individual. So therefore, when you're talking to someone who's alive, you should always say to them, Lech Lishlemut, Lech Lishalom. You should go to attain those higher spiritual heights. You should rise higher and higher in your spiritual goals. And that's what it means, Lishlemut, to reach your eventual potential. And that's why a greeting for a person who's alive is Lech Lishalom. On the other hand, when you're talking to someone who is a Niftar, who's already passed away, they no longer have the ability to rise higher in their spiritual pursuits. And therefore, what they go to Hashem with is Lech Bishalom. They go Bishlemut. Go with what you have. Whatever you have should be your shleimut, should be the fulfillment of what you were supposed to do. And therefore, the proper term to use when someone is alive is like lishalom. Continue to grow and aspire in your spiritual heights to reach your potential. And then when you're talking about a niftar who's already finished his pursuit of spiritual heights, he's unable to do anymore. We say like bishlemut. Take what you have with you. Go bishlemut cha. Hello, Kodesh Baruch Hu. And that's why the proper term is Lishlemut by a person who's alive and Bishlemut when a person is Niftar. The other possibility is that Lech Lishalom is a greeting to an individual who's traveling. You're saying goodbye to them. They're going off. Lech Lishalom means that you should go to peace, that you should find and settle in a, in a place that you find peace and Yishubadat. When it comes to a mate, we know wherever they're going to end up is Bishalom because they're going up to Olam Abba. The problem is the journey to that point is very difficult. And therefore we say Lech Bishalom. Lech Bishalom. So Bishalom by the Niftar refers to the journey itself. And therefore you say Bishalom. Go in peace because we know wherever you're going to end up is fine. We just want you to get there in a peaceful manner. On the other hand, when we're talking about someone who's alive, not only is the trip maybe difficult, but even where you end up, the destination may be difficult. And therefore you wish them Lech Bishalom that you should end up in a destination that is peaceful and a place that is good for you. And that's why we greet them with Leich Bishalom. So, Amar Rabbi Levi Barchia, Ayotzei Mi Beit HaKneset, Vinichnas the Beit HaMidrash. So here in the conclusion of Masechet Brachot, Brachot dealing with Tfilah, we say someone who leaves the Makomat Tfilah, the Beit HaKneset, and afterward goes into the Beit Midrash, Vilsek Patarah and learns, Zocheh Umikabel Pnei HaShchinah, he will merit to greet the presence of the Shchinah, Shnamar, the Pasuk says, You'll go from strength to strength. First strength being Beit HaKneset Tfilah. The second strength being learning Torah and the Beit Midrash. You will appear before HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Zion. So the reward from going from strength to strength, meaning from Tfilah to Limud Torah, is that that person will be seen 
before HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'Tzion. That is brought down by Halacha, that one should try, after they have daven, to at least sit down for a couple of minutes and to learn that they should be Yechul Mechayel El Chayel. They have no rest, not in this world and not in the next world. Shinamar, because of the puzzle that we just quoted before, they'll go from strength to strength. And appear for a Baruch Hu. So what's the Chayel? One Chayel is Belam the other Chayel is Belam So they will not be Bimenucha in either place. And you could read that negatively, on the other hand, you could also read it positively. Negatively means that, just like they face difficulties and challenges in this world, they also face challenges in the world to come. But the proper way to read this is that Yehuda Mechayel Chayel is just like, in this world, they were able to learn Torah, and to progress and be important, so too the Olam Abba, they will continue to learn Torah, there won't be any rest, because they will continue to be learning in Yeshiva Shomalo, and they will have the stature that they attained here for their Limud Torah, will be with them also the Olam Abba. So, Amar Rabbi Elazar, Amir Rechanina, this is very famous since we say it in Davening many times. Tamidei Chachamim Marbim Shalom Be'olam. Tamidei Chachamim increase the peace in the world. Shinemar, because the Pasuk says, In Yishayahu, Bechol Banayich Limudei Hashem. All your children shall be taught of Hashem. Virav Shalom Banayich. And there will be great peace for your children. So, Gemara says, Altikra Banayich. Don't read it as your children, but rather as Ela Bonayach, your builders. And here the Gemara assumes that builders are the Tamidei Chachamim. The Marsha has a very nice idea here that Bonayach builders refers to the Tamidei Chachamim, because over here we just dealt with Masechet Brachot. In Masechet Brachot, many of the Tfilot and many of the institutions of Brachot were established by the Chachamim and the Tamidei Chachamim. And Tfilot is what engenders a connection between Klal Yisrael and Avihem Shebeshamayim, it brings shalom between Bnei Yisrael and Klal Yisrael and Avihem Shebeshamayim, because we're able to daven in normal circumstances, we're able to ask for forgiveness in difficult situations. And those tefillot and those institutions of brachot are what maintain that relationship between us and Hashem, and bring shalom to the world and shalom to Klal Yisrael. And that's why the Tamidei Chachamim here are called Bonayich, the builders of shalom, because they're the ones who allow for this tremendous relationship between Bnei Yisrael and Avihem Shebeshemayim. Shalom Rav, lo Torah there'll be great peace for those that love your Torah, ve'en lamo michshol, and they will not face any stumbling blocks. He shalom bechelech, there should be peace within your walls. Shalva be'armenotayech, prosperity within your palace. Laman achai bereyai, for the sake of my brothers, my friends, adabra na shalom bach, I will speak about a peace, your peace. Maman Beit Hashem Because of the Beit Hashem, Avakshatovlach, I will ask for your goodness. Hashem owes Lamoitain. Hashem gives strength to his nation. Hashem Shalom. Hashem should bless his nation. Bishalom. End off with Mesechet Brachot, with the Psukim from Yeshaya, and then the Psukim from Tehilim about Shalom, about the tremendous Brocha of Shalom. That the ultimate bracha, as it says at the end of Shisha Sidre Mishnah, ain't kli machzik bracha ila shalom. So here when we're dealing with Masechet Brachot, all about bracha, then we need the kli machzik ota, we need the utensil to hold all those brachot, and that is shalom. And therefore we end off Masechet Brachot with a tremendous necessity, as well as blessing that one has to have shalom. And with that we will end Masechet Brachot.